Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. We've been going through the book of Ephesians. We're calling this series In Christ because all throughout the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about who we are in Christ. And I think it was two weeks ago, Pastor Kenny preached the last section of chapter 4, and he got to step on your toes quite a bit. Uh, that was very practical. And so, and chapter 5 kind of falls up on chapter 4, obviously. Um, but he, what he's doing is Paul talked in the last message, Kenny talked about how Paul says we need to walk in the what? Anyone remember? In the light. Because the Bible uses a lot of light and dark imagery, right? He says we need to walk in the light. And so as children of light, so today he's going to get real practical about why we do what we do. What does that mean to walk in the light? There's a great DC talk song from back in the 90s. You're going to be singing it all day now. Those of you remember them, but, uh, it's called In the Light. And so this is kind of where that comes from. So in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, if you have the Version Bible app, you can hit that events tab. And uh, this is all the notes are in there. Paul says this, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Now, pause a minute. Father's Day, how many of you remember your kids when they were younger imitating you? Dads, they would do that, right? Some still do, and hopefully we live lives as fathers that they can imitate and be confident in that, right? I remember as a kid, uh, my grandpa and my uncles all chewed tobacco back in the day. That was the thing that farmers did, right? And so I remember they always had tobacco in their back pocket. So my cousin and I worked there on the farm with them a lot in the summer. So we would carry big league chew in our pockets. So we, you know, we looked like because it came in a foil pack and it was shredded. So we would chew big league chew. I remember they used to spit their tobacco juice into Coke bottles. Anybody ever do that? Um, They would have those around the house. I remember one time at Christmas I was walking along and I saw a Coke bottle sitting there. I'm like, hey, somebody left a soda. So I took a big drink of tobacco juice. You talk about instant vomit. It was amazing how fast they came out. So then, of course, being the great cousin that I was, I found my cousin, Matt. I said, hey, you want some Coke? He's like, sure. So he takes a drink. And then my grandpa's like, dumb, 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 dumb. You know, I couldn't. Um, but that's just part of what we do. We imitate our fathers. And so Paul says here, as God's dearly loved children, we're supposed to imitate him in the way that we live. That's what this whole chapter is about, the gist of that. In verse 2, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So then he starts telling us how to do this, how to imitate Christ. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about things that ungodly people do in secret. 
But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. That's why I said, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So aren't you glad you came to church to hear that? (laughs) So we know here that Paul is making a lot of references to light and dark, good and evil. And he says if we want to imitate Christ in the way that we live, we have to live as people who live in the what? Light, not in the darkness. And so he gets really practical here. So we're going to kind of digest this passage here and talk a little bit about it. So the first thing he tells us to do is to walk in love. In verses 1 and 2, he talks about walking in love. And what does that mean to walk in love? I'm not talking about that kind of love. I'm talking about love that's a choice, love that's a pattern. Paul says we need to walk in love, number one, because God is love. He says because God is love, we need to imitate him by walking in love. And so walking in love means we walk thinking of others. We, we provide or we show others that we love him and we know him because we're walking. So, guys, Christianity is not a set of rules. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You know this. But when we walk in love, we're showing people, I'm not following a pattern of rules. I'm following a person who loves you. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, Paul, or John says, anyone, or anyone who does not walk, holy smokes, I cannot talk today. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's hard to say. It kind of goes backwards there. But he says, basically, if you're going to love God, you're going to walk in love because God is love. So we're going to let love guide our decisions. We're going to let love guide our relationships. That means we think of others first. We think of how they're going to, be, how they're going to perceive God because of us. So he tells us to imitate God and do as God does, and God is love. So we're imitating the character of God. And you know, um, if you see kids, a lot of times you see kind of what their home life is like, don't you? Because of the way they act. They imitate the pattern that they see in their home. They, and some of us are thinking, oof. We used to teach kids church, Amy and I, and we would do prayer requests. You ever done prayer requests in kids church? That is interesting. <laughs> we were the youth pastors, and we had, I remember one week this kid of a very prominent family, they came and they said, pray for my mom and dad. Or like, oh, she's like, yeah, my mom chased my dad through the house with a hanger, and he had to lock himself in the bathroom. And we kind of, all right, moving on. You know, let's, let's go into the snack time. You know, <laughs> it's like, and every time we saw them, we thought, oof, man, pray, pray, pray. Um, So they imitate the character of their parents. And so we want to imitate the character of God, and that is love. So we walk in love because God is love, and we walk in love because we're his children. He says we're his dear children, his dearly loved children. And because we have that love of God in our hearts, we share that love with others. That's why we're different. Because he loves us, we turn around and share that. In John 17, Jesus was praying, and he says, I'm in them, and you're in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me, and you love them as much as you love me. We love others, and when we share that love that Jesus gives us, we can share that with others. And guys, that's why Christians are different. It's not because we have a set of rules we follow. It's because we imitate God's character, and we allow that love to motivate us to be different. And last, we walk in love because we are purchased with a great price. 
In Romans 13, 8, I love this verse. Paul says, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's laws. We were bought with a price. Jesus gave his life because you're that valuable. He loves you enough that he gave his life, but he also gave his life for that annoying neighbor, right, that has the poodle that barks all night. You know, we, he loves that person at work that irritates you, you know, that person in traffic that drives you crazy, all those things. He loves them as well, and so we need to love them so that they can see the love of Christ reflected in us. It's who we are. And when our kids are younger, and, and even today they hear this a lot, we say, that's not what we do because that's not who we are. We don't act that way because that's not who we are. We're not those people. We're, we're people of God. We act different, right? And so it's not like I'm trying to get you to follow a set of rules. I'm trying to get you to act as the person that you are. And that's what Paul says here. If we're going to imitate Christ, we have to imitate his love for others. We have to allow that love to guide our decisions. And then he gets even more stepping on the toes here by saying we walk in light. For the next 11 verses, he talks about walking in the light. And what does that mean? What does it mean to walk in light? It means to walk differently, to live differently than those around us, to not imitate the culture. It says we walk in light because God is light. I love this. Chap John chapter 1. If you ever read the book of John, the Gospel of John, John gets really deep really quickly, doesn't he? He just kind of dives in. Listen to what he says in John 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning, with, he's talking about Jesus, with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and this life brought light to everyone. There's that light again. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself wasn't the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John the Baptist reflected the light of Christ. That was his job. And even when people came and said, man, you're such a great guy, I said, no, 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 I'm just a forerunner of the one who's coming after me. And then Jesus started baptizing, and John's disciples said, Jesus is baptizing more than you. He said, good, he's got to increase. I have to decrease, right? He reflected the light of Christ. And guys, that's our job. We reflect the light of Christ because he is light. And because he is light, we walk in light. We walk differently. We walk in light because we're set apart. Peter in 1 Peter 2.9 says, you're not like that. You're a chosen people. Did you know that? You're chosen. You're different. You're a chosen people. You're royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. He chose us. He called us into his light. So we're not like the world. And so Paul here goes through a little list. He says, let there be no sexual immorality among you. Let there be no obscene jokes among you. So he says sexual sins. He talks about greed. He talks about greed, and he said all these things are idolatry. What does that mean? You know, when we were young and we learned the Ten Commandments, we said have no other gods, right? What does that mean? We can't allow anything to become more important than the Lord. So he's saying in your life, you're set apart. You have to be different. You have to keep Jesus at the forefront. You have to keep him at the top. 
So don't allow all this other stuff. And guys, our culture is about everything but Jesus, isn't it? And so he says, don't let other stuff, don't let idolatry, don't let greed creep into your life. Don't talk differently, or you have to talk differently. So he talks about sins of sexuality, sins of greed, sins of speech. I love this. One commentator that I read uh, when I'm doing this, he says, two indications of a perfect, (laughs) I'm sorry, wow, two indications of a person's character are what makes him laugh and what makes him weep. So he says that the way we live our lives need to be different. And so that means sometimes when people are telling jokes at work, we can't laugh along with them. That's a little awkward, isn't it? Ha, 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 and you just kind of, hmm. And we don't want to be prudish or any of those things, but we want to represent Christ. Listen to what Paul says in Colossians 3.16. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel others with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And then down in the next chapter, in chapter 4, he says, let your conversations be gracious and attractive so you'll have the right response for everyone. So guys, in other words, we walk in the light because we're different. We're called to be different than the world around us. We're, we're set apart. We're different. And we walk in the light because we belong to his kingdom. He says, you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light. We're part of his kingdom. So... And guys, this doesn't mean we're never going to sin, but he's talking about lifestyle sins, the way that we live sins, persistent sins. He says, don't be like the rest of the world. Yesterday, we had an incredible opportunity with Honorbound to go to a a ride up in Thedford. They had a fire department ride. And so, you know, as Honorbound, we go up there and Honorbound has to be different. When you guys have seen it, when we do our Honorbound Sundays, it's a motorcycle ministry and the motorcycle culture is, is kind of its own thing, right? It's a different culture. And so in Honorbound, when we wear that patch on our back, it says, Honorbound, disciple of Jesus Christ, and has a big cross on the back. We have to sign an agreement saying, I won't drink. I won't use nicotine or cigarettes or any of those things. I won't have any of that in my life because I want to be what? Different. I want to be a person that they know is different. And it was really cool because we got there and we were just, we kind of checked in. And this lady comes up and says, hey, would you pray for me? And we said, yeah, absolutely. He said, well, my husband died in September and, you know, all these things. So we got to pray with her. And another guy came up. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm putting this bell on a guy's motorcycle. Will you pray for this bell? And, you know, they have this thing. If you put this bell on the lowest point of your motorcycle, it absorbs all the bad energy. And we said, well, how about we pray for him and you? <laughs> and so we prayed for these guys. And then the, the fire chief came up and said, hey, I was going to do the opening prayer. But since you guys are here, will you guys pray, do the opening prayer? Absolutely. So God just gives these incredible opportunities because we're what? Different. They know. He said, I saw honor bound. I know you guys could pray for us. And so does it mean we're perfect? Absolutely not. Do we ride the right motorcycle? Absolutely not. I ride a Honda. You know, I'm not as cool as the other guys. But you know what? We're different. And so they want to know that we're different. And guys, there have been people who have actually found honor bound members in a bar drinking a beer. And you know what they do? They take their patch from them. I'm talking 1% bad bikers come up and say, you don't deserve to be wearing that. And they take it off their pack for them. And they mail it into Springfield. Because they know we're what? We're supposed to be different. And as Christians, guys, we're supposed to be different. We can't be in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light at the same time. 
In 2 Corinthians 6, Paul says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be apart with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? So he says we're supposed to be different. Now, does that mean we can't have friends that aren't Christians? Absolutely not. We need to be sharing Jesus with them. But the people we spend the most of our time with need to be believers so we can be built up, so we can be different. And here's a funny thing. Light and darkness can't exist at the same place at the same time, can they? What always wins? The light, right? Light can't be in darkness at the same time. This is why Christians can't be possessed by a demon, because we, believe we belong to the King Jesus, right? And we're in his kingdom, and so we need to make sure that we understand that we live as people of God's kingdom. We belong to light because we're part of his kingdom. And then we walk in the light because we are in his light. We were darkness, but now we're the light. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So we need to make sure we understand that we walk in light because we are different. We are in his light. So guys, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about, you know, having just a, a strict set of rules. I'm saying we live our lives as reflections of Jesus. We live our lives as his kids reflecting our father. And so that means we need to make sure that we're walking differently than those around us. And when they see us, they see that we belong to Jesus. That we are different. And so we walk in the light because he is light. And then lastly, he talks about walking in wisdom. What does it mean to walk in wisdom? It means we apply God's word to our lives in the best way possible. I love, 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 love Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Listen to what he says. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. What's a fool? As someone who knows the right thing to do, but choose to do the wrong thing. And guys, I would dare say that all of us were fools at one time, weren't we? We all knew the right thing to do, but we chose to do our own thing instead until we came to Christ. And so he says, find and live your lives like you belong to Jesus. So he talks about walking intentionally. He was telling the Ephesians to wake up because remember, they lived in a huge city that was very metropolitan. It was, it was full of people from all different cultures and all different lifestyles. And he was telling the Ephesians, you live in this city, you have to live differently. Live wisely. Live so people can see you and realize that you belong to Jesus. So it means you have to make the most of every opportunity. You can't just drift. And guys, this is something we tell young couples when we're doing premarital counseling. We say you have to have a purpose for your marriage. Otherwise, you just drift along with the current. You have to choose to live differently. So have an idea of what you want your family to look like. Have an idea of what you want your marriage to look like. And dads, we need to make sure we have a plan for what our family is going to be like. Because we have to make a lot of decisions as dad, don't you? Dad, what is this bug? What do I do with it? Yeah, kill it. I don't know. Like... Dad, my car's making this sound. What do I do? Dad, what decision do I make here? Dad, what? We're looked at to make a lot of things, and we have to make sure that we're parenting with what? A purpose. Moms, you have to do the same thing. You have to parent with a purpose. And so we make sure that we have a purpose for our lives. Have a purpose statement for your family. Have a purpose statement for your faith. And that sounds very corporate, doesn't it? 
I'm going to make a purpose statement. What does that mean? Have a picture of what you want your life to look like. And that's what Paul's telling the Ephesians, and he's telling us today. Have a picture of what your life wants to look like. What do you want your marriage to be like? How do you want to reflect Christ in your family? He's saying you need to happen to the day, not let the day happen to you. Don't just react, but have an intention in what you do. Listen to what James says. I love James because, man, James is just, right? James chapter 4. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we're going to make a certain, go to a certain town and say their year, we'll do business and make a profit. How do you know what your life is going to be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to do this, we'll live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. What's James saying? Have a plan and submit it to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want your will for my life. I want to live intentionally. And then we need to live opportunistically. We need to walk opportunistically. And that's a fun word to say. It's even more fun to write and try to type. Opportunistically. The English word opportunity comes from the Latin word that means going towards the port. It was a picture of people who were sailing a ship and they were using the wind to get them into the correct port. I love this line I found in one of my commentaries. It says, when the pilot doesn't know what port he's heading to, no wind is the right wind. <laughs> if you have no idea where you're going, you're never going to get there, are you? So he says, we need to live our lives so that we reflect Jesus and we take advantage of every opportunity. And Paul called the days evil. He says, making the most of these evil days. Why were the days evil at his time? Well, the Christians in Ephesus were facing Roman persecution. It was rough. Do you know what happened if you were a Christian in Rome? Sometimes you were killed. Sometimes you were ignored. That was the greatest thing that could happen. Other times you were dipped in pine tar and used as a torch. Sometimes you were thrown into the, the Colosseum to be lion bait. Sometimes you had to go in and fight a gladiator. But he was saying, take every opportunity to share Jesus and reflect him because you have no idea what's going to happen to you. And guys, it's the same today. We have no idea what today or tomorrow is going to happen. So we need to be opportunistic. Act like our time is short. Live with intention. And then walk in understanding. Walk in understanding. What does that mean? Figure out what God's will for your life is to the best of your ability. In Romans 12, he talks about allowing God to change, the, change our lives by changing the way that we think. Submitting our minds to him. In Ephesians 2, we talked about earlier, he says, We are God's masterpiece, that he's created anew in Christ so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Somebody's saying, great, Pastor, how do I find out what God wants for me? Well, you know, God reveals his plan for our lives in a couple different ways. And the first I put in your notes there, in his word. Paul prays in Colossians 1 that we would know his will by reading his word, by knowing his word. So, Every day when we spend time in God's word, he reveals a little more of his plan for us, doesn't he? He shows us what he wants us to do, how he wants us to live. So it's important to spend time in God's word and get to know him better. He also reveals his plan through speaking to us. If you've never read the book of Acts, I really encourage you to read it. It's an incredible, incredible book. And in the book of Acts, we see several times where the Holy Spirit would speak to people. And I know, you know, sometimes we're like, God, just... Would you speak to me? And he's like, I'm trying. You have to listen, right? 
We're really good about, tell me what you want. <laughs> Go out the door. We had to spend time listening to him. And he does that through, sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through other people. And you have to be careful. Someone comes and says, I have a word from the Lord for you. Check it to make sure it, it really is from God. Um, sometimes it, it comes from their own desires. But listen to him. Sometimes he speaks to us. Sometimes he tells us. Sometimes he shows us things. But we listen and we ask him to speak. And then lastly, sometimes he shows us circumstances. Sometimes God will reveal his will for us through circumstances. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, every circumstance means what? Every circumstance, everything. It means sometimes good, sometimes hard, but he can guide us through those things. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. If you're physically able, would you stand?